my voice is already warmed up. Have you been at meetings all day? No, I've just been going, ah, all day in mm. frustration. Good day, then. Yeah. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back. It's time for another episode, a surprise two-parter episode, because we talked for so long about The Complete Double Dead that we decided to break it into two parts. So this is The Complete Dead Part 2. Part 2. The Is there a name for the second book? I think there is, but I've only ever read it as a compendium. So gotcha. I don't know it. The Omnibus. Yeah, the Omni the Complete Double Dead. I could probably look it up, but just put it in the Instagram post. Yeah, I'll put it oh, in the show notes. Maybe in the podcast title in the I'll, show notes. I'll put it in the show notes. There you go. Yeah, but before we get started, hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Matt. Welcome to the Strange and Beautiful Book Club. wine or water <laughs> I know that look it's wine so we left off with Kayla just killed herself to give all of her blood to Coburn right after she shot him in the head right after she shot him in the head and which it, seems like a futile gesture it brings him back he gets better he gets better uh, I think she's hoping that since it has apparent healing properties maybe it can bring him back from the dead too unusual healing properties yeah She's and special. it does i think he refers it refers to it like being pulled backwards through hell's asshole <laughs> to come back to life <laughs> uh and then yeah, and he graphically describes the different parts of the digestive system all the way out to the throat and teeth yeah of course he does why would we why would we pull any punches now and we kind of end with, like, sunrise over the city. They're getting ready to move on to the next part of the quest. And then when we pick back up, he has been disemboweled, and he's wedging a door shut. And Coburn's like, okay, maybe I should I should go back a little. It's like, we, we really, the, the bridge lulled us into a false sense of security. So, like, they cross, they're crossing the bridge into San Francisco. And there were actually very few zombies. And they were like, well, great, this is going to be cake. And the ones they could see on the bridge weren't, uh, weren't close. Right. So they weren't They were like, oh, alert. this is fine. We'll just, we'll walk along the waterfront. We'll be to like a boat in no time at all. And we're going to go find this lab and it's going to be easy. Great. And then cut to them in a house. And he's disemboweled. And we find out it's because they were walking along the waterfront and all of a sudden there were a lot of zombies. And they came from above. Well, they were like trying to keep away from them, but he was only thinking in two dimensions. Right. He wasn't thinking about all the people on the rooftops. Yeah. So it started raining zombies and he gets disemboweled by somebody's broken arm. 
like a splinter of herm bone. Yep. And then we find out that, like, he needs blood to fix it. And even though he's not as hungry as he used to be, doesn't mean that he doesn't need blood to heal, like, to put his organs back where they need to be. And Gil's like, okay, fine, how about me? And he's like, sorry, nope, I've had too much Gil lately. <laughs> like, you've been giving me too much. Plus, we find out that Kayla can um, punish him when he has unkind thoughts. Because Kayla is now a voice in his head. That has full access to active thoughts and memories. Yeah. It's like a second self, basically. And... Uh, I think at one point he's thinking about killing Gil. Like, it'll just make it easier if I just go ahead and get rid of Gil. And that she, like, makes, like, plays a really loud sound in his head. Yeah, she screams in his head. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, kill my dad and you're going to have to deal with that for the rest of eternity. And he's like, fucking fine. Jesus, I'm not actually going to do it. I was just thinking about <laughs> it. I'm always thinking, thinking about, about, it. about it. So he ends up leaving him in this apartment, leaving Gil there. He's like, look, I'm going to go hunt. You hang out here. I think they go up to the roof. Yeah, they're on the roof. <sighs> I think I'm going to be able to go find somebody. And this is really interesting because I like how Kayla keeps giving him information that he is aware of, but he's not aware he's aware of. He's not actively considering it. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Like he's trying to smell blood and he can't smell any blood. And she's like, well, what about that? He's like, what about what? She's like, what about the other smell? Because, the sweat. Yeah, like sweat and other human smells and he's like oh shit you're right yeah human stink i just need to follow the human stink and so he ends up following like a, what does he call him gandalf no he what's the one he he has a like nicknames for these weird people that he runs into because he runs into this cult another cult Ratman. i think the first one's Ratman. and okay yeah Ratman is the first guy that he follows yeah and he ends up biting him but this guy is really really high on ketamine and so it knocks out yeah he's coburn. so high it knocks coburn out and when coburn wakes up he's been nailed to a table like a bunch like a bunch and kayla's like ouch and he's like yeah no fucking kidding i've been nailed to this table and he's still disemboweled so he's got a lot of shit going on and this is when we meet and i find this interesting another vampire the first other vampire he's ever met. He thought he was the only one. And she's like, why would you ever think that? This is one of the things that I don't always love. And it's okay in this. It's okay because it doesn't get overdone. But when it gets overdone, it's really obnoxious. And that's when we try to make a female character seem better than the main male character. By making her constantly treat him like he's dumb. He doesn't yeah. have any reason to believe there's other vampires. He's never met another one. He's been around for like 50 years. If vampires existed, they'd be in New York, as far as Cobert is concerned. It was where all the best times were. So if he didn't meet any others, there must not be any others. It's literally the best place he's ever been. And he doesn't... Disregard the fact that he's never left the city. <laughs> yes, and he's never met the guy who made him. He doesn't have he doesn't have any real life practical experience that would lead him to believe that there are other vampires. So the fact that she's immediately like, You're such a fucking idiot, of course there's more vampires, is just like a ooh, that way we know she's a powerful female character because she's treating him like an idiot. I just thought she was arrogant. I mean that too. 
So where were we? <laughs> Our son just uh, pod-bombed us, came in and gave a sweet little recitation of his uh, current Minecraft exploits. Maybe I'll put that up on Patreon. Minecraft with Amos. Mm-hmm. It was cute. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were talking about... Oh, yes. So Coburn got captured. Well, one of the... So I was about to go on a little bit of a dissertation about the way competent female characters are often portrayed by male writers. Yeah. Um, any writers, really. Sometimes female writers do the same thing. It's where a competent female character is either overly arrogant or overly stubborn. So you're either arrogant to the point of cruelty or you're stubborn to the point of stupidity. These apparently are what make a strong female character. I don't know if you're aware of that, but this is usually what we get. So other than this character, Chuck Wendig does a very good job of having a wide range of female characters. I just wanted to point out that if there's no pattern of him doing this. That's what I was about to get to. It may just be that this character is. She's unlikable. An asshole. Yeah. she's. Yeah. Un that's what I was getting at. Okay. In any other circumstance, I would, I would easily couch this in. This male character just thought they were writing a strong female character by making her arrogant to the point of cruelty or stubborn to the point of stupidity. But Chuck has otherwise, Chuck, my friend Chuck, has otherwise done a fairly good job of having a range. And he has a good range in his other series, too. So I'm going to give him a pass and say this is just a really obnoxious character. And Coburn doesn't do a whole lot to inspire other characters to respect him. He doesn't give a shit if other characters respect him. But he also does nothing one way or the other. He just does what he wants. Other people's opinion of him is be, really be the damned. last consideration. Yeah. <laughs> Completely the last consideration. And he ends up nailed to this table. And then we get this kind of dicey, is he going to get out? Is he not going to get out? And we also get a little tidbit of information, which is somehow this other character, this vampire character, knows he has Kayla in his head. Yes. And she wants to drain his blood and thereby take Kayla. And meanwhile, Gil gets in an apartment and he's like, well, this isn't a terrible apartment. I think I'm going to stick around here. Maybe for a bit. Right. This place isn't trashed. Yeah. It's like, well, it's kind of dusty, but it's not like dirty, but he does smell zombies. And so he goes in the bedroom and there's a couple of zombies chained to the bed. And another zombie in the chair. Yeah. And he's like, like restrained there. I don't know what's happening here, but I'm going to go ahead and put these poor people out of their misery. So he gets ready to use his crossbow to shoot one of the zombies on the bed and he gets interrupted by like a gaggle of precocious young children yep. who are like, what's up fucker? <laughs> like, like the most dirt foul mouthed children. It's. I, I thought the, I don't know what you want to call them. The village of children. Yeah. Was entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. What I love is how immediately Gil is not threatened by them. And just right, takes and they're charge. upset. That he's not threatened at them. Yeah, they're like, well, at oh, least the leader. Fucking old man, and he's like, hey, watch your mouth. And they're like, oh, sorry. They're like, don't apologize to the adult. We don't like adults. I forgot. I'm sorry. They're just like, because they're not that far removed 
you know, they're only a couple years removed from being kids, from right, and having it, parents. And, and their teachers. parents may have survived for a little while. Yeah, we don't know how far removed. And they basically, they make a good point. They're like, people think kids are going to be the first ones to get taken, but no, kids are the most adaptable. This kind of remind me of Girl with All the Gifts. Yeah. I'm not going to say any more than that because that feels that's a spoiler. It's a hundred percent a spoiler. If I throw in anything else about it, but this was similar to Girl with All the Gifts, where a lot of the characters are children. Yeah. Um, because children are the most adaptable, so they're the most capable of keeping up with the rapid changes that might happen during a zombie apocalypse. And I love that none of them. You, I mean, I think they have a projectile weapon, but they have like a system for killing the zombies. Right. Like to them, the zombies are really like. Uh, just a minor obstacle to overcome. Yeah, it's Ex just an environmental hazard. There's a there's a process for moving through the world where you have to interact with zombies. Right. And they do just fine. They they have like a one knocks it down and the other one takes it out. One knocks it down and the other one takes it out. Which we find out later when Gil's moving them. Because it takes too long for Coburn to come back. He decides he's going to go look for him. And we also find out that they had another member of their group who wasn't maybe as careful and got bit and that they kept her around. They we get the idea that these kids have different have a, a difficult time differentiating between like who you were in life and the fact that when you're a zombie, you're dead. Right. That the person you were is gone. Right. Because personality is wiped out. They're hanging on to this adult these adults because they're one of their parents and they hang on to this little girl because she was once one of them. And then they ran into the vampire character who was apparently luring them out to Alcatraz for experiments. And then they weren't coming back. And finally they were like, stop it. Nobody go with her anymore. And they're like, but she had candy. So some of us went anyway. <laughs> so she, I guess she comes back. She like hypnotizes them. Like yeah. she had a way of talking to us. And she ends up accidentally giving some of her blood to the little girl. So now we have another hunter, except it's not Coburn's hunter. Yeah, this is Lydia, Lila. I can't remember her name exactly. Eliza, maybe? I don't know. The little girl hunter. Oh, Ellie is the hunter. Yeah, Ellie. But the vampire is oh, I forgot Lydia or Lila. I think it might be Lydia. I don't know. She's unlikable, so I had a hard time remembering her name. It's <laughs> just like, oh, when, her. In the scenes with Lydia and Coburn, she mentions that she's been getting blood from children. Yes. Yeah. And or at least the minister did. Yeah. The weird little, the weird minister of the cult that we never really minister fully explained. Minister Masterson or whatever. I don't know. It's like the cheap version of the 66 states. Um, I would say it's different because they're like... Minister Masterson's group are eating zombies. Yeah, They're it's eating zombie meat. Weird. And I'm guessing Lydia has helped them develop a process to like make the meat edible. No, I think she gives them her blood to cure them or something. Because they're like, she gives us a medicine that that's how we don't get sick. I mean, we get two cults really because we get Son of Man. We get Son of Man, which is a cult. And then we get this cult, which is objectively far more culty. And they eat zombie parts. Right. And we they get... have some kind of process to where they don't 
die. Yeah, something to do with the vampire. We don't really fully explain it because honestly, Coburn doesn't care. And if Coburn doesn't care, we don't care. It's like Murderbot. A little bit like Murderbot. Yeah, he's very good. Chuck Mundig's very good at... Um, he doesn't give us exposition that doesn't make sense to get. Just enough right. to keep the story coherent-ish. I mean, this is a fairly straightforward novella. We go from, we enter San Francisco, he gets injured, he needs resources, he goes to seek resources, he gets captured. And this is all just a way to kind of introduce us to, to introduce us to the secondary characters, which are this other vampire. Kind of the kids, all they just sort of disappear. And it's kind of give us a wrap up, even though ultimately we don't really wrap it up. But from here, he has to kind of escape because he's in a pickle. And he actually gets to use something other than just his vampire-ness. Because every, he keeps trying to do his usual tricks, except right. it doesn't And this is the work. most competent group that has abducted him yet. Right. Because he tries to hypnotize the group, hypnotize the other vampire. And she's like, did you honestly think that was going to work? And he was like, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> did you really just It's not, never not worked. It's never not worked before. And he's in a, we've, we've created a situation where he's finally almost out of resources because he can't even um, kill and eat any of these people because, or eat and kill, I suppose any of these people because they are all on something and it will actually hinder him to do it, to take their blood because then he'll be high on whatever they're high on. And ultimately he can't, he, he kills this one guy and he has like steroids or like PCP or something. Cause he's like, I'm the fucking best vampire in the fucking world. Which I, I kind of like that. It leads him into like reckless situations. Yeah. Yeah. It's a way of forcing the character, which Coburn is a different enough character. I wouldn't believe he would take these unnecessary risks anymore. Because in a way, he's still protecting Kayla, except now right. Kayla is him. So he has to act with some sense of self preservation. Because that's the only way he can save Kayla and his daughter, who we find out is named Rebecca. Because we learn that everyone he's ever killed has taken up residence in his head. There's little pieces of them in his brain. And he just hasn't noticed them. They weren't loud enough. They weren't loud enough. They're not as loud as Kayla. And he's like, oh, can I talk to my daughter? And she's like, no, she doesn't want to talk to you. You killed her. And then you fucked her out for 50 years. She hasn't forgiven you yet. He's like, that's fair. That's fair. But he ends up getting super high on whatever, and he feels like he's super vamp, and he chases after the other vampire because she's running away from her hunter, the hunter that she created, which he drives up the fear of it. He's like, oh, you made one too? Let me fucking tell you. They can make others. She probably hasn't figured it out yet, but she's gonna. And then you're gonna have a lot of shit to deal with. And he's... Trying to chase this woman, and he gets blown up by a grenade again. Again. <laughs> again. Like, for the wow, second time. At least the second time. But he has to, like, suck up the blood off the floor. Yeah. Yeah. To get enough to, like, put himself back together. This is when it gets a little bit, a lot, 
of a bit, like Cassidy from Preacher, where blood is the essential resource for healing, so you'll get it any way you can, whether that's licking it up off the floor. However, it's fine. It's got enough life left in it. He can put himself back together, and he ends up chasing her down like a sewer. So, just so much happens. Yeah. Like, after he... Even in the in the building with the cult. Yeah. He has multiple escape attempts, but they keep thwarting him. Yeah. And then we get to the sewer, and then the hunter shows up. Yeah. And he and gets then, chased, and meanwhile, Gil and the kids are making their way through the street to go to find him, and Cream Puff finds him, and he gets out well, of the in sewer. in the sewer... He's like, ugh, I'm sick of this. Just let him fucking kill me. Yeah. And then Kayla's like, uh, hello, I'm still here. <laughs> We're all and he's still like, here. Shit. God <laughs> gotta, damn it. Now I gotta save myself too. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Are you are you okay, JW? And he's like, I don't think I am. I think I might be a little bit suicidal because he's come to a couple of situations now where he's like, oh, good. Finally, it will all be over. And she's like, I heard that. And he's like, what? Heard what? She's like, I heard that. I heard that you want it to all be over. And he's like, yeah, I kind of do. So we get like, now that he's finally come fully into himself now that he's no longer has the monster voice to drown things out, he doesn't want to be here anymore. This isn't a life that he would choose. And so he now has another choice, just like he made a choice in the first book where he first chose to signal them instead of saving himself. And then he chooses to save them from the farmhouse instead of running away. And then he chooses to kill himself to defeat the hunters in order to save everybody. He has to make another choice, and he has to choose to live knowing what living right. means. Right, which is a nice twist. He has to choose to stay alive. Yeah. He has to He has to want it. He has to want to keep living. He has to want to try to fight this. He has to want to, to be better. And he kind of does. He gets out of the sewer. He swims and... Uh... Brushes past some zombies. Yeah, he lays low for a while because the hunter is, like, she can swim like a, what does he call her, like an evil dolphin or yeah, something? <laughs> but she can't, like, detect. Can't smell him. Yeah, she can't yeah. smell him underwater. And there's zombies in the water, but they're, like, they're useless. They're just flapping around. So he gets out, and then Cream Puff finds him. And Gil is smart enough to know that Cream Puff is going after JW. Right, he's like, oh, the only thing Cream Puff has ever run towards is Coburn. Is Coburn. <laughs> so everybody follow that dog. Yeah, follow the fucking dog. So they chase after, and everything kind of comes together at once. The hunter attacks um, Coburn. Cream Puff attacks the hunter to try to save Coburn. Bill gets bit by a zombie. Yeah, and then poor Cream Puff almost dies trying to save Coburn, and Coburn picks its body up picks up cream puff and it he makes a mention of like the fur is covered in blood and 
poor little cream puff. And then all the kids pile in a minivan. <laughs> I roll. And, and they roll down the hill. Yeah, Coburn pushes them and then leaps on top of the minivan, holding cream puff's limp body oh yeah he's holding cream puff for a long time yeah and they finally get away i think the hunter gets killed i think he kills the hunter i think you're right i think he punches through its head or something yeah he it describes him moving faster like than he ever thought he would be able to move and then his fist just hits the side of the hunter's head and there's an explosion. I blank out a little bit in that part because the dog is getting hurt. So it's a little bit like, oh, it's really hard for me to remember visually everything that happened in that section. So, but I believe you because after that, the kids kind of part ways. They're like, have a good time, Gramps. See you later. And by this point, we've learned that the lab they're looking for is an Alcatraz. Of course, it's an Alcatraz. Of course. Of course, it's an hey, Alcatraz. There's a whole like, silo in the internet about zombie fortresses of course there is alcatraz is a popular spot for people to have their like fantasy if i was in the zombie apocalypse i would make my zombie fortress on alcatraz yeah you and fucking everybody else so best of luck kid yeah first one there just has to shoot all the rest isn't it book of eli they end up in alcatraz too yeah yeah. It, it's a popular It's a po- place. I, I get it. Lots of people have gone there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And I, stayed a while. <laughs> <laughs> we bowed out to it. And I think this is when Gil is like, why don't you try giving Cream Puff some of your blood? And he's like, oh, okay. And so he like bites off the pad of his thumb and Cream Puff licks it. And then Cream Puff like stops breathing and he's like, fuck you, Gil. He made me kill the dog. <laughs> Or he turned the dog into a vampire. I think he just healed the dog. Because he'd already given some blood to Gil, and Gil got better. But Gil didn't turn into a vampire. So I get the sense he healed the dog. But is it one of those things where you have to, like, be almost dead and then consume vampire blood and then finish dying? What matters (laughs) is Cream Puff lives. I don't fucking care how Cream Puff lives. Cream Puff lives. Okay. We don't even know if in this world van- dogs can be turned into vampires. There's a lot of things we don't know. And that's fine. There's a lot of things Coburn doesn't know, including the name of his master, whom he only calls Blondie. <laughs> because we get to Alcatraz, and of course, his evil sibling is already there. Well, this is where we find out where Lydia oh. the vampire And we find out she's his, his evil sibling because we finally meet his master, too. His sire, his whatever, his vamp daddy. And which explains how Lydia knew that Coburn was coming. Right, because his master has like a a, a the, CCTV view of everything Coburn is doing. Well, yeah, the same link that he had with Pink the hunter. Robe. Yeah, the housefrau. Blondie has with him. Right. But it's probably a lot more nuanced. Than his connection to right, Pink Robe. Right, like to like. Because it's, you know, sentient to sentient. And exactly. so they're kind of like, oh, so glad you decided to show oh, up. Oh, you came right to our door. Oh, and Coburn's like, oh, God. And so they go in and everyone in the lab is gone, dead. 
I think Coburn actually says, this is a dead place. Yes. And Gil is like, well, shit. So we don't know how long it's been gone. We don't know if he we learned about it. We know that that skyscraper with the lab in it that the Sons of Man went to was operating as of like a month ago, let's yeah. say. And they thought that this place was still running. I have a feeling it's supposed to be that Blondie found out about this lab from Coburn. And so... Oh. Because as so Coburn... So the betrayal like, goes yeah, even deeper. So it's not that Coburn knew that that's what was happening, but that's what was happening. Because as soon as he knew about it, Blondie could have preempted him and just gone. And taking care of the lab, because for some reason Blondie doesn't want the world saved... Because Coburn is like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Don't you realize this is our food source? And if they're gone, we're gone. And Blondie's like, meh, there's always going to be humans. It's fine. We'll figure that. It's fine. It's it's fine. It's we'll, fine. We'll figure this out. This is the, exact... the smart people will solve the problem. Right. Even though we're actively working against them. Yeah. And it's going to be okay. Yeah, what, what why are problem? you worried? Yeah. Yes, I can continue what, like it's to. Hard? Yes, I can continue to commute daily in my private jet. This is not a problem. Other people will use paper straws, and they'll save the world. I don't need to. I took that to a dark place. <laughs> 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 but that's the exact same reasoning. Like, no, I don't need to save the world. Other people will save it from me. Isn't that nice? Oh, and by the way, I want Kayla, and I'm gonna get her because. And I found out you can go in sunlight. Yeah. I want that. Do you know how long it's been? I don't even know how long it's been since I've seen the sun. Legit. It's been a while. And he's like, yeah. great, thanks. And so he ends up taking Kayla. He drinks Coburn's blood and takes all of every person that Coburn has in his head right. into it himself. takes all of his dead. Yes. And I really like the subversion of the trope of the bad guy takes literally everything yeah from the protagonist because immediately blondie starts screaming and holding his head right because kayla's like not today motherfucker <laughs> that's exactly what kayla's saying yeah and through all of this gill is there a poor Gil. Poor Gil has no idea what's <laughs> going Gil's on. Gil's just like, he's, I don't know what's happening. I'm just trying to stay alive. He's a fourth wheel on a tricycle. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's very Unless accurate. Kayla is a fourth person in this no. vampire. No, just leave it. Triangle. That was perfect. Don't, don't wheel it back. Just let it lie there. It's perfectly fine. He did give us a little bit of like, he was like, Coburn, there's something that I should tell you about Kayla. There's a thing. I need to tell you about Kayla. I know we have five minutes, but let me give you four minutes of prologue before I get into what I'm actually going to tell you about. All right, and here it is. Yeah. Oops. Sorry. Then they get interrupted. Yeah. And Kayla's like, what? 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 What was he going to say? What was he going to say? Because he's like, when she was born, she... Oh, did you see that over there? What's that over there? Is that the evil... Is that your evil sister? <laughs> and Kayla's like, no, bring it back. What was he going to say? I mean, we find out at the very end, and I guess it's, uh, you know, it's interesting when you're like, oh, okay. But by that point, I don't know, because we just have Blondie, he's screaming, and Coburn is like, that's what you get. They didn't want to be in your head. 
They like it in mine. And so he's just crawling back. He's like, I am getting all of my dead back. Yeah, those are mine. You can't have them. You don't get to carry that for me. And so he bites Blondie and takes his girls back. He's like, oh, my girls, because it's Rebecca and Kayla. And he gets them. Now, does he get all of Blondie's dead? That's the question you were asking me earlier. Which would be orders of magnitude more. Chuck, Chuck, when you write the third one, can you clear that up? You're going to write a third one, right? <laughs> because he goes, triple this, dead. Is, this is triple dead. This is when Gil stabs, he stakes Blondie. And Coburn's like, no, 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 you got to destroy the head. Destroy the brain. Destroy the brain. And so he does. No, he doesn't because he's going to. Oh, right. And then Kayla's like, hold up, JW. Remember what happens if you destroy the master? Everything he's created gets destroyed too. And Coburn's like, oh, shit. Am I mad about that or am I cool with that? She's like, I go when you go. And he's like, God damn it. Once again, again, I'm thwarted from the desire to just stop being. Although I'm wondering if the the dying, um, the way that he died... Which severed his connection oh, you to wonder the pink if that would, robe. I think it's like it's not worth the risk. Right. Yeah. Right. But I'm um, like going through this scene, I was speculating, oh, probably, you know, Blondie's gonna die. And the the him dying in such a way that severed his connection to Pink Robe would also have severed his connection to Blondie. Yeah. And and removed the need for Blondie to stay alive for him to stay alive. Yeah, but we don't we don't get that fine. We no, find out. we just break him a lot and then we throw him in the water. He's yeah. like, there you he's go. like, no, not in the water. <laughs> he's like, see, I'll never. And he just hope you don't. You know, hopefully you don't pull a um, Lestat and. Eat sea creatures until you get better and then come back and haunt me. Hopefully you don't do that. (laughs) And he just kicks him off into the water and he's like, okay. And then like Dawn is coming up and Gil's like, oh yeah, Kayla was dead when she was born. She was still born. She was still born. She She was dead for 47 minutes. And then they brought her back. And then she started breathing. Just thought you might want to know that. pretty cool. Cool. And Kayla's like, oh, is that, is that not normal? (laughs) Well, like, like it's hard. Well, like it's hard. <laughs> Everybody does that. And that's kind of the end. The sun comes up. He's like, well, this isn't maybe the only lab. Yeah. Yeah. There's some speculation. Well, yeah. Maybe we can figure this out. I can't die. Well, you know, I'm choosing to not die because my continued existence is the only way for Kayla to continue existing. And maybe I can save the world. And maybe me and Kayla can save the world. There's probably other labs. Yeah. He can just walk along the bottom of the ocean to China. (laughs) Technically, I guess he could, as long as he doesn't run into his master along the way. (laughs) Uh, I like a boat. He could just rowboat. If he took enough resources. He doesn't need to stay out of the sun. No, he can just rowboat. It's It's all good. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think the throwing a vampire in the water trope is an oddly specific but frequently used trope. Well, it's a way to keep them out of the sunlight. Yeah, and to like incapacitate them. There's a really good series. I hope someday the guy actually continues it, but it's called The President's Vampire. Do you remember that one? It's like this guy gets turned into a vampire and he ends up getting bound into the service of the President of the United States. It's better than it sounds when you explain it like that. But he gets turned into a vampire because he's crossing the ocean on like a wooden ship. Mm-hmm. And a vampire clings to the bottom of the ship and climbs up into the cargo bay and turns him into a vampire. On purpose or on accident? I think on accident. And then there's another one where, um, I think it's a movie. It's a movie called Vampire the Vampire. It's one of those ones that has a tragically generic title. And so no, you can't like, it's like the tale of the vampire or something really generic. But it has the late Julian Sands in it as a vampire. And his master or his like sire is bound in an iron coffin sunk at the bottom of the ocean. That's why I said it's a very specific but very frequently used trope. Like, I'll put you at the bottom of the ocean. Like, the, uh, the if I had a nickel for every time this happened, <laughs> I'd have three nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it's happened three but it's times. far too many nickels for the number of nickels I should have for this. Yeah. It's like at some point somebody realized the bottom of the ocean is scary and dark. Hey. Hmm. This has potential. I don't know. I thought these books were really good. Um, I like Chuck Wendig's writing. I think he has a very punchy, interesting voice. Graphic. Graphic. And, but graphic and elevated, strangely, in a weird way. It's like he has uh, a thesaurus right next to him every single time. And he's like, I think I just need a flowery word here. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be. But he's going to use it in like a gory way. Right. In a way that yeah. you're like, oh, it almost drives home the point just it keeps you on your like back feet a little on your heels a little bit it keeps you from fully settling into the prose right you you don't just make it automatic and start trying to predict what's happening next yeah because you need to pay attention to the words right and i I think it's it's good i I enjoy the premise it's a unique premise i haven't seen this done before or since the idea of mixing, well, of course, well, really, we don't get a whole lot of mixing zombies and vampires. In right, like generally a, they're exclusive. Yeah, unless it's like a Disney movie where they're all trying to attend high school together or some shit. Oh, that one. Oh. Uh, I really wish that was a joke, but it's not. And <laughs> there's like the zombie series. I've been trying to get the kids to watch the zombie series because it's punchy and there's music and shit. And Wait, do they have vampires in that world? Uh, eventually. Eventually. I'm after, pretty sure they Is do. it after the aliens? Maybe. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I wish that was a joke, but it's so not. After the aliens so and after the werewolves. Yes. Yeah. First we have zombies and we all discriminate against the zombies and then we learn how to live together. And then we get the werewolves and the zombies and the humans both don't like the werewolves. Then we learn how to get to get along together. And then the zombies and the werewolves and the humans are all getting along. So then we have to learn how to accept the aliens I think it's metaphorical for something. I haven't figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. It's cute. The first 
episode, the first, like, I'm not going to talk about music zombies, and dancing the musical Disney yeah. high school drama right now. Um, yeah, usually they're exclusive. Are yes, exclusive. usually they are mutually exclusive. Never the twain shall meet. And so except to... In, except in Chuck Wendig's mind. Right. So to overlap these two... Kudos, Chuck. ...is stunning. Because one of my favorite things to talk about when we talk about vampires is with the thing that they need most, which is blood. And I hate it when we solve the problem. Mostly hate it. Like in Forever Night, the fact that he just gets cow blood from wherever he gets cow blood from, his Kirkland blood casks. <laughs> um Okay. Kirkland butchery. There's other things that I like enough in that show that I will forgive you for solving the problem. But again, if like a vampire can eat animals and they only eat them every couple of weeks, literally. Uh, humans eat animals too. Right. Literally, environmentally speaking, it would make a ton more sense for all of us to become vampires because that's a lower impact on the environment than our current. Consumption. consumption yeah so fuck that fuck all of that noise i just flipped matt off i'm sorry matt it was not you it was the metaphorical you okay and this doesn't give us a way to solve the problem chuck does not give coburn an easy way out he does not fix it we don't find a magical stash of frozen blood bags in some place that has a generator and he's able to go for months on the frozen blood bags or something. He doesn't solve the problem. It's a constant problem that he has to keep working on. And I like that because it gives us this, no matter what else is happening, we always have this undercurrent of what's he going to eat next. Right. It makes it feel more real. Right. Like, okay, in, when he gets into the helicopter, after he gets blown up, he gets almost eaten by the hunters. He gets in the helicopter and it's like, yes, I fucking saved everybody. Oh, shit. I am hungry as fuck. And all of these people are dinner. Did I actually save anybody? And we get left on that. We get left on that little bit of monstrousness. That That's the part of the vampire monster that I find most intriguing and Chuck didn't take it away from me by solving the problem. He Does that make it. sense? He yeah. nailed it. He nailed it. That's the being someone who has to eat people who then also has to live every single day with people. That's the conversation I want to have. So you like yeah. them? Yeah. I like the books. I thought they were really good. Once These I started are... reading it, I plowed right through it. Yeah, you did. They're They're a quick read. This is, I've never seen you read anything like pure horror like this. Yeah, this is probably the goriest. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh, have you ever read a vampire novel? I read The Passage. Okay. The trilogy. I mean, like a. That gets pretty gory. Not The Passage. I mean, I guess it's vampires, but it wasn't even vampire enough to keep me in it, so. It, yeah, it takes a while to get up to speed. When you get to the second book, there's more vampire-y stuff. I just remember they were all monster monsters. Once they they get to a certain point, 
and then they become monsters. And then the main character, the girl, is special because she can turn back mm. when she wants. That's the the special thing. Yeah, that's another one I don't like. They have to look like people because that has to be part of it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like every vampire person has their like, here's the set of specific things that I want you to talk about and work on. Here's the pluses and minuses I'm willing to deal with. And here's the ones that are fucking deal breakers. Yeah. Garlic deal breaker. Most of the time. It's bullshit. Why do we still, why are we clinging onto that one? I need entry. I need an, an invitation to enter. Great. Love it. Let's play with it. Let's do that. Right. I liked Chuck Wendig's vampires that staking them through the heart doesn't do anything. Right. Because their whole body is just, you know, not alive yeah. anyway. Yeah. It's like a zombie. Yeah. I think that's probably where the parallel he was drawing is like, that's how you defeat a zombie because that's how you defeat a vampire. You have to destroy the brain. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll leave it here since we had uh, over two hours cumulatively talking about this book and i think it was good i hope everybody who read it really enjoyed it yeah and next time we'll be reading the next book which i didn't oh i brought my phone down with me so Ooh. i can look it all i think it's a matt choice is it diaspora no you didn't even suggest that one. Oh, i was, I was thinking about <laughs> that's why i was asking you about the where is Geometry your list? Geometry for Ocelots. Ooh, okay, this one I have not read. I have not so. read this one either. And Surprise! It's, it's by a person who has a one-name author. So, And you suggested it. So this should be interesting. This one, this is like the most wild card of all my suggestions. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I'm so excited. You're like, time to fucking toss some dice. If I put this on the list, will Rachel add it? <laughs> <laughs> is Rachel going to read the synopsis and veto it? No, I went with it. You suggested it. And here we are. We're reading Geometry for Ocelots by Exubria, Exubia. Exerbia. We'll let you know how it is. <laughs> yeah. And after that, we go, we're going to pivot. October is another vampire novel. For Halloween. Certain dark things. Yeah, we had to do a vampire novel. Plus, it was my. Plus, it's your choice. <laughs> it's my so. choice. So it's going to be a vampire novel. And we always know what you choose. But it's good. Certain dark things is written by a, I believe she's a Latin author. We don't say Do Latina anymore. We say Latinx. But I sound, I don't, I have a, I get it. Well, I, there's, there's debate. It's yeah. an, it's a flux word. So I don't Is know what we're currently on. But Central whatever, American? whatever the most politically correct, appropriate term, least offensive term for someone who is from Central a Spanish speaking yeah. area of South America is. Um, that's what she is. And she writes, it's set in Mexico City. Okay. And it includes a whole bunch of different vampire groups. Nice. Hopefully we get the hopping ones from Asia. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> For oh, the we'll Korean, find out. The Korean hopping vampires that have to count rice. Yeah, that one. All right. Well, I guess we'll just leave it here. Yeah. So remember... Sometimes the strangest things are the most beautiful, too. So be who you are and love what you love. Until next time, friends. Bye. Bye.
Hi, Amos. Welcome to the podcast, Amos. Yay! What do you want to talk about? Minecraft. I was just playing it a couple minutes ago. Yeah? What do you want to tell us about Minecraft? I actually know a couple wet songs in the world where I make a ton of noise. Yeah, because you uh, have... I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Is it? Are we talking about your Shrieker world? Yeah, I love that update that I built a whole world. What's the update? The ancient city update. Yeah, 1.19. That built a world. That was in my inspiring. And I even built a house. When that update, I actually think I had that world before the update. I just decided, when the update came out, I just decided to do that. Yeah, I love it. So there were no ancient cities before 1.19? Yeah. Those are brand new? No, they no, they were at one they were at at one point nineteen. Oh, okay. At the last at the next update. The next to last update. Okay, the one previous. So yeah. okay. So they've been around for a while, but they have they only started About at one point nineteen. Oh, okay. Yeah, one point nineteen. Do we think they're gonna do more with ancient cities as time goes on? I think so. Yeah, because there's those big things in the middle that look like they should be portals. Yeah, maybe in portals. the next update they'll make a portal. Where do you think the portals would go? I don't know. Oh, at the middle. Yeah, but where would they take you? The Skulk Dimension. I don't know. Oh. The developers are to decide. Yeah. Do you like I the warden? I actually recording. Yeah. Is the warden your best friend? No. Do you go summon him on purpose? No. So you can play with him? No. He just wants a hug. No. You don't think he wants a hug? No. By the way, the warden is made out of souls. Whoa. He's made out of souls? Yeah. The inside is the same particles. If you turn this into soul, say, and blue... That will match the sins in the warden's heart. So we think he's made out of souls. And that's why he glows the same color as a soul lantern? Yeah. When you walk on it with the speed thin, it will actually have the particles rise up. They'll start brown, then turn blue and have a face. They yeah. look exactly the same as the warden's sin. Mm. Whoa. Yep. Do you yep. think it's the souls of people he's hugged? No. It's the souls of sin of eh, of mobs that died. Oh no. How about all the sheep that died so there could be wool in the ancient cities? It's probably all that. <laughs> but sheep don't have to die to give wool. You can just shear them. Yeah, you can shear sheep. But they're the not around. In the ancient cities. They had to go up to the surface and kill them. Yeah, you think that... Well, the warden doesn't do that. Who do you think lived in the ancient cities? I don't know. People? Sheep people? Sheeple? People. And the old days of Minecraft before shears were around, you had to punch sheep to get their wool. Could you get it just from punching them, or did you have to punch them till they die? Punch them. Oh. You, you, you them could shear them with your hands. You just punched them. Then you had karate chop the wall. Well, you punched, you punched 
you punch the wall off. <laughs> What's the most fun part of Minecraft? That you can do whatever you want. There's no rules, and you don't have to clean up. Is, is the up, last I'm part your favorite? A, favorite? Yeah. When I grow up, I'm gonna make a mod that make it so you have to do chores in Minecraft. Well, there's already a mod for me. The husbandry mod. Huh? It's for husbands, right? No, but there was a mod <laughs> no. where you can act. There was a mod where you were two players. You're using an object. They can, they can craft a baby using DNA. Whoa! One player to another. Mama and I crafted a baby using DNA. Using DNA. But that's in a mod. If you want, you could put <laughs> oh, okay. it on. That if you want, you could put it on a server. Then no. you and Mama can. It can use the mod to make a baby. Well, we did oh. it in real life. We have enough babies. We if you want, it. you could make two. Oh, no. Two more? Yes. We already have two. In we Minecraft, got a complete set. Yeah. In Minecraft, you can act like that. You can actually do it. And there's another mod which makes it so you can mate. With yourself, it does include another player. Interesting. What do you yeah. think of the sniffers? I like them that they sniff out seeds. And I like that they have eggs and you can bite them with your bare hands and get them. Yeah, in. but are they really big? The sniffers? Yes. Yeah. They grow big. They're very big. Yes. Can you walk right through the sniffers? Yes. I don't know. Actually, you can't. You'll just push them. But you can get a look inside them and it'll just be empty. Mm. Players and players can go together. Yeah, they don't push each other? Yeah. There's no player collision? That's oh. kind of nice, though. So you can't knock each other off edges. Yeah. Yeah. You Especially just go if PvP is turned off. You just go into each other. Yeah. And no... And you don't have a brain organ. If you get inside another player and you can see inside their head, can you see their thoughts? No. Oh, what's in there? <laughs> Do you think Dad Nothing, is being silly? Just a head. Do you think Dad is being silly? Yeah. What did we do today? Do you want to talk about what we did today? We just went out. Where'd we go? I don't. Even it was remember. horrible. I don't right, remember. He it left the house. Oh no. You I got, don't know. did you get, we went to the coffee shop? Yes. And what did you get? Butter. <laughs> yeah. You got, what did you get? Did you get, you got some espresso, right? I got water. <laughs> Ice water. That's all he yeah. wanted. Do you want anything else? No. Muffins? No. Bagels? No. Chips? No. Pretzels? No. Cake? Ice water. Ice water. <laughs> and then he came home and Mama wanted to play Minecraft. And then what happened? I wanted to play Minecraft. <laughs> and who ended up playing Minecraft? Me. Yeah. That's how I started playing Minecraft. I just wanted to play my. Actually, I'm finished with Minecraft now. 
Oh, okay. You finished Minecraft? That's why I came down here. Oh, okay. I didn't know where you were. Oh, I was. And then I, I escaped we... from the Shrieker world. It was really loud. Do you want some pizza? Are you hungry? Y yes. Uh, you can give me a cheese stick. Well, we're out of cheese sticks, but cheese pizza is basically a cheese stick. No, no pizza. What about some water? Water is not food. You need calories. I want an apple or candy. Okay, calories are not just calories. You can't just have candy. You need nutrition. Apples. Okay, you can have an apple. And how about, do you want to try a cheesy roll-up? No. This is Mama's favorite thing to cook. You take a tortilla and you put cheese on it and you put it in the microwave and then you roll it up. I just want, okay, you can give me a tortilla. You want a tortilla, no cheese? Yeah. Okay, tortillas, apples, what else? I don't know. Okay, you want to go find out what we should eat? Do we have a, what about one piece of candy? You can, well, you have seven pieces of candy from earlier. Did you eat them all already? Yes. You yes. ate every single lemon head already? Except the broken one. No wonder you wanted water. Your poor little tongue must have been so sore. No, it isn't. What is From it the now? Sour. It's wet and moist and where your tongue should be. Like. <laughs> was that a joke? Yes. Do you like telling jokes? I could it wasn't. Can you tell me your favorite joke? Knock, knock. Who's there? Kanga. Kanga who? Is that Kanga who? It's Kanga Will. I love it. Wee-hoo! All right. Okay. I see. You're, you're following the waveform on the thing? All right, Amos. I'm going to say goodbye now so we can go get you something to eat. You ready? Yeah. What about stay down here with Dada? You guys... Well, Dada and I have to finish recording an episode. What, what about... We're talking about books. Have you read a book lately that you liked? Yeah. Blanky. Blanky? Did you read that all by yourself? Yes. Aw, what's your favorite part of Blanky? I like the end. <laughs> Where he gets Blanky? No, he doesn't get Blanky at the end. Oh, what's the book about? I'm hanging out with Blanky. Do you have a Blanky? Yes. What's your Blanky's name? Bubba. Bubba Blanket. His name is just Bubba! Well, you used to call him Bubba because you couldn't say blanket. So he's Bubba Blanket. Did you know it's Bubba? Bubba! Do you sleep with Bubba every night? Yes. Is Bubba stinky? No. I think Bubba might be stinky. I think Bubba might be stinky. He's not stinky! Who else do you sleep with every night? Bunny. Is Bunny here with us right now? No. Yes. Does Bunny have anything Bunny would like to say? Yes. What would Bunny like to say? I want to kill it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have another Bunny? Yes. His name is Nubby. He's not here. He's back in my bed. Yeah. Nubby doesn't get carried around. Only Bunny does. Because Nubby's an imposter. Yes. He's suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally here to take Bunny's place. Yes. 
Yeah, just in case Bunny ever gets lost, Nubby can step in. But yes. what would we do if we lost Bubba? I don't know. You could make another Bubba! Do you think you'd be sad forever? No. Actually, yes. I could get a Bubba! All right, Amos. I think you're good. Let's go get something to eat. Well, thank you for being on the podcast, Amos. Yeah, thank you for being our guest. Oh, I want to change voice. Is it okay if I do? You can come down after we record. Voice. Amos, you can come down after we record an episode and play with the voice if you want to. Here, why don't you say goodbye? Why don't you say goodbye with this one? Oh, I think it might only work. It only works for me. And this one only works for me. That changed in the update. Um. The update of the firmware. 